1: Back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for our number two of Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galena, George Kurtz, the Fantasy Prince, Sean Engel, producing our show. You could follow me at Joe Galena on Twitter, at George Kurtz. You follow that guy. George, how's it going? Are you a little upset? Uh, were you a, a Mad Magazine reader? Heard it's going under after sixty-seven years. End of an era. Uh I had read a couple of issues uh, here and there. Certainly nothing in the past
2: probably thirty years, uh, maybe more than that. So I, uh, well, you're, I, mean, I like it's it. going under
1: because you're not reading uh, it anymore.
2: I, but Damn. I never read it really at all anyway. You know, I don't know <laughs> if I have ever paid for one. When I said I read, it, somebody may have had one I'd have to look at there. So uh, certainly an avid reader uh, at that. But uh, I liked it. It was funny. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm a big uh, Weird Al fan, and Weird Al was uh, featured in there a couple of times. I like that mm-hmm. sort of uh, satirical type of humor. So uh, it's not going on. They will have some special editions on uh, the holiday time and stuff like that. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I gotta be honest with you, Joe. I didn't know it was still around.
1: <laughs> I think that it, it they kind of limited the publication of it, and then it came back or something. Whatever. I was never a big uh, Mad magazine reader myself, but uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's sad when. Some of these, uh, you know, parts of our youth, you know, just end up fading away. It just makes you kind of feel a little older. But 67 years, that's, uh, that's a long time. And a lot of uh, top comedians, you mentioned Wiedel Yankovic, and you know, a lot of top comedians credit Mad Magazine for, you know, helping them to develop their, uh, you know, comedic chops. You know, like Howard Stern, I think, if I remember correctly, he was a big Mad Magazine guy, so uh, we'll see. So, uh, all right, let's get back, uh, finish talking a little bit of uh, baseball, then we're going to get to football as well. Uh, Mark Paquette going to join us in the next hour, DFS expert, uh, going to talk to us about DFS lineups and how uh, weather affects uh, what you're doing there and setting up your, your daily lineups and a whole bunch of other stuff as well. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, well, we uh, last left off talking about, uh, yes, we Puig uh, Cubs uh, beat the White Sox six to three. Lucas Giolito took the loss. Now eleven and three, four innings pitched. George six earned runs, five walks, five strikeouts, sixteen walks in his last twenty-five innings pitched. Uh, no bueno. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, little Matthew Modica there, uh, no bueno. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean. I, I'm wondering what to think here. You know, he was great. Great at the beginning uh, of most of the season, right? Became the uh, the ace we were waiting for. It could just be a one-game blip. But, you know, his last four games now, 15 runs. Now, there was a very good start there against Minnesota. Five innings, no runs. But it's not going deep into games anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. Walks. They're up there. You know, once again, 12 walks over his past 18 innings, uh, 19 innings pitch. That's a lot. You know, so he's... uh. Having trouble finding the plate? Is he getting tired? That's where I'm going with this, Joe. Is he getting tired? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, once again, a guy, he threw 173 innings last year. So he should be on pace to have a normal season. He should be fine throwing 200 this year. Right. But, you know, I I am paying attention now to what's going on here. Why isn't he the pitcher he was? Has the league caught up with him? It could be that as well. You know, Mm -hmm. once again, a lot of video out there. Has the league caught up with him? But, you know, the Cubs would be a team that wouldn't be paying attention to him. You know, not in the same league. You know, for them to do some damage yesterday was a little surprising to me. Mm-hmm, I didn't mm-hmm. think they would. So I'm paying more attention. But it's another situation of what are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, he's still going to be in your lineup. I don't know if you have uh, somebody uh, such a great staff that you can afford to bench him. Could you uh, look to trade him? Sure. Sure. You could certainly do that. Maybe someone believes that he's going to be good for the rest of the year and is not paying attention to some of these numbers. Uh, but I don't know what kind of value you'll, uh, you'll get here. I don't want to mm-hmm. give him away. I'm not looking to deal him, but I'm uh, I'm certainly open to it because once again, you know, for me, I like guys with a track record. They've done it over and over again, and we don't have that with Julio. You now this is the first year he's done done damage, right? I mean, other than that, he hasn't pitched very well. So mm-hmm. uh, I am I'd certainly be open to dealing if I like the deal. I think I'd uh, you know let him be someone else's. I don't want to say headache because that always sounds bad, but I don't want is the the least amount of problems I have in my roster the better, and if I get somebody right. I trust more then I'm fine with doing that. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I would I wouldn't mind trading Gilito, but I'm not openly looking to do it. I'm not saying, "Oh my god, you got to get rid of him." You know, raising red right. flags and, you know, and panicking. I'm not that. Not yet. Told me a couple more starts I might be. And I wonder right. if they'll delay. Remember, All-Star break next week. So, he doesn't necessarily have to pitch on Friday. They can give, uh, assuming they play next Monday and Tuesday, you know, they don't they won't need a fifth starter until Tuesday. They can give him a little extra break and give him almost 10 days off if they so wish and not pitch mm-hmm. until Tuesday. If they haven't Monday off, they can give them a longer break if they think that's what the problem is. I'm always curious as to see is what teams will do with their rotation coming out of the break if they have an off day on the Monday after the first weekend. Because you can give the starters a long time off should you right. wish to do
1: so. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's telling, you know, watching what uh, how teams uh, uh, use their uh, starting rotation coming out of the all-star break. And uh, from a fantasy perspective, uh, I think you're still uh, – in time to trade them high, right? Before you, know, let's say, if another couple of bad starts, then you know, uh, the person you're trying to deal them to might uh, think twice. No? Yeah, it all
2: depends upon how uh, you know savvy your league is. Who's paying attention? Mm-hmm. Who's not? I mean, most home leagues—they're going to hear G League. Oh, all they know is G League's been great this year, you know. And they, like, oh yeah, yeah, and they see they something. see the eleven wins, yeah, and, right. Uh, they, they they look at mm-hmm. they look at stats. You know, mm-hmm. It all depends on how savvy your league is. Some leagues are more savvy than others. You know, That's mm-hmm. just the way it is. Listen, my home league, I fully admit, I love my home league. You know, that's with my brother, my, my friends, uh, guys I've known for 30, 40 years. We've all been playing in this league since the early 90s. But some guys are very good. Some guys are not. <laughs> I mean, it's just the way it is. You know, right. my home league's like, like any other. You know, some guys, are, they pay attention. They know what they're doing. Some guys have no really, you know, they, they know what they're doing, but they don't pay attention. You know, oh, the family this, the family that. And I imagine everybody's home league's about the same. I, I say it all the time in, in fantasy leagues. You know, and, and this is really no matter, even in, uh, in uh, you know, expert leagues. 12-team leagues, three teams are going to be eliminated because of injuries. Nothing they could do. Didn't matter how good a player you were, you just got screwed. Everybody got hurt. You're done, and then three more teams will be eliminated because they won't make the moves they should make because they're not paying attention. So in my mind, I to be one of those six teams competing for the uh, you know, the money, over the prize, whatever it is you got give away in your league. I just need to avoid the injuries. You know, we're mm-hmm. all gonna get some. Just don't get devastated by them. That's the way I always look at a fantasy league. Just just avoid the. I know I'll pay attention. I know I'll make the moves. I just need to avoid the injuries. And if I do that. I'll be one of those six teams of contention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Good point. Good point. Uh, all right. So let's move on. Uh, Madison Bumgarner uh, suffered an elbow contusion drilled by a line drive. Uh, supposedly should be okay. Uh, you know, thankfully, they have this uh, all-star break. Uh, to help him recuperate, uh, but he, he's been the focus of continued uh, speculation that he's on the move. So uh, you know, the, thankfully for the Giants, that uh, it's nothing too serious. Where, where do you think this guy ends up? And what do you think he? The, I mean, the Giants are basically going to ask for a lot, you no? Know? And where's his best landing spot? Like, it's got to be—he's yeah, got to stick in the NL in terms to get most value. I'm sure you're not going to love him if he he gets traded to an American League team, no?
2: Well, first, he uh, left out a little confusion. For those who don't know, came out of the game last night, took a comeback or off the elbow, but he's fine. Uh, he may skip a start or he may not. Once again, all-star mm-hmm. break. They can pitch him the Tuesday after or whenever they go again. He'll have 10 days. He should be good. So you're not really worried about the injury. Uh, you're right. I mean, uh, listen, pretty much for any pitcher, you won't stick in the National League. Line-ups, lineups are weaker. You face the pitchers. Eighth place batter usually is not very good. So just weaker lineup. So certainly he has more value in the National League. Obviously, he would have probably more value pitching in the National League West. He knows that division very well. Uh, but I, I don't know if the Giants would trade him in the National League West. You know, Do you, do you see the Giants trading him to uh, the Dodgers? I would be no. floored <laughs> if they did that. I think it's idiotic, mind you. I, I Listen, if the Maybe Dodgers for made the offer, <laughs> well, that, that would certainly be a great one. That's I, not going to happen. But uh, I know I, I know. mean, I, I think it's silly when teams don't do this. Like, we all know the Mets will not trade Zach Wheeler to the Yankees. It's idiotic. It's stupid. You know, if the Yankees made the best offer, that's where you should go. If the Dodgers made the best offer for Bumgarner and you're trading him no matter what, then that's where he should go. The idea is to get your team better. Who cares if <laughs> the Dodgers win the World Series with Bumgarner? You know, they might win it without him. So get the best offer. Get the best players in return. Lord knows you need them. And Bumgarner's a free agent after the year. Maybe he'll be back anyway. And you got the best of both worlds. You yeah. pulled off what the Yankees did with Chapman, right? Yankees trade Chapman to the Cubs. You know, sure yeah. the Cubs won the World Series. But the Yankees got Glyba a couple other players, and then Chapman re-signed with the Yankees. I mean mm-hmm. it worked out, you know, the Yankees got a double bonus there, and the Cubs got what they wanted. The Cubs aren't complaining, they won the World Series. So uh, I I just think that's kind of silly. You know, Kim and I have talked about many times how the Blue Jays traded Jay, uh, Jay half to the Yankees last year. They didn't care. It was in mid-division. Now, nah, I get it. Yeah. Happ is not Bum Gardner, You know, so it's not the same thing there. I also get it that Bum Gardner is a legacy player. You know, one of the best Giants ever. I understand that. I mean, magical in the playoffs and all that. But you got to get your team's bad. Very bad. You don't have mm-hmm. much of a minor league system. You need to get as much as you can for Bum Gardner, And he won't bring back what they think he's going to bring back. You know, mm-hmm. he won't. He's just not that pitcher anymore. He has his numbers uh, this year approved. You know, he's got his is north of four. Rip was solid at one point, too. He's striking out, but he's not he's not that dominant number one guy anymore. So he's not going to bring that back. Now, we did hear that he uh, Minnesota was very interested in him, but those talks broke down about a week ago. Obviously, they can be revisited. You know, we still have three weeks. You know, and I think they'll check around to everybody. I think there's another guy who won't be traded until, you know, what, what's the deadline, 3 p.m. on the 31st? You know, 258. Because they're going to want the best offer they can get back. But the problem for the Giants is this. The market is going to be flooded with starting pitchers. Yes, maybe not as good as Baumgartner, but Baumgartner's not that ace anymore. He's not someone that everybody has to have. Strowman's going to be out there. He's also not pitching this weekend, or in the All-Star game for that matter. Blue Blue, Blue. Jays are being smart. They're protecting him. Strowman's going to be out there. All right, Boyd is out there. Now, granted, Boyd is probably the big game piece if anybody wants to give up a lot. We've heard Houston being connected with him. Yankees have kicked the tires there as well. Uh, Bauer, I expect him to be out there. You can make it easy. I mean, you'd rather have Bauer and Boyd over Bumgarner. So that's going to mm-hmm. hurt their marketing value there. There'll be other pitchers that are less than Bumgartner, but not significantly less that teams could be interested in. So I think what's going to be ha- hard for the Giants is this. They're not going to get the return they think they should get because they love Bumgarner for everything he's done for them, but he's not that pitcher anymore. They're going to want On the it. value for what he's done for them, not for the pitcher he is now, for the rental he is now. So I think it's going to be a hard sell for the fans because I'm sure they love him out there. You know, when he goes and you didn't get, you know, a Gleyber Torres guy back, you know, someone, you know, that kind of guy, Kalanick, that, the you know, that top 20 year prospect. I don't think they're going to get that from a team. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that's going to happen here. So I think that's what's going to be very interesting about where they do. I think Baumgartner, you know, he makes some sense for almost any team uh, that acquires him. You know, he wants say he's not the worst than a number two, number three starter for your team. Hell, you could all right now, if you went to the Yankees, they would be their number one with all the injuries they've had. How does Tanaka make the all-star team?
1: Uh, I just don't understand. Because <laughs> nobody, uh, nobody wants to, to play on the all-star Nobody team, wants to go. Right? Yeah, everybody keeps yeah. saying, hey, I don't want
2: to play. It's why Sonny Gray made twice, it, twice, too. Twice that's NL, of course. That's <laughs> not, not an all-star game. It's an exhibition game. Okay? Mm-hmm. Midsummer Classic, you want to call it that, that's fine. But it's not an all-star game. Uh, so yeah, I think Baumgartner will go. I think Bauer goes. Uh, only goes the Indians have to save money. Stroman, I know goes no matter of who, where. Uh, Boyd, I'm not so sure about Boyd because once again, Detroit Detroit's can wait. Boyd's slump it slumping, man. He's striking out a lot he of batters. So he has immense value, but Detroit. I you're know, right.
1: but De- Detroit two, may say home hey. home runs in his last six. Everybody's starts, giving up home runs. Eight. I don't. I
2: don't want to hear about home runs. And a six ERA in his last six starts. Runs. All right. Uh, Boyd's going to go All for right. a, a, a truckload. He'll be the outside of What bow, would you give him? If moment. you're the
1: Yankees, would you give him Frazier?
2: Oh, yes. wait, easy.
1: Mm-hmm. How about Florio? Estava, uh, who is a higher, I think, would you consider Florial a higher end uh, prospect than, than Frazier? Or, I mean, at least Frazier has, you know, shown that he could get it done in the big leagues. Uh,
2: I mean, that that's tough because Florial depends on who you ask. About how good he actually is, mm-hmm. you know. Some people believe, some people don't. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you, you said it correctly. We know Frazier can hit in in, uh, in Major League base. We know he can hit. He's a little immature. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got to work that out. But for, uh, Frazier can hit. You know, Florio. We don't know that yet. They are two different uh, comp- um, types of players. Frazier's mm-hmm. more of your thirty home run guy. Uh, you know, going to drive in some runs there. Florio's more of your overall player. Very good defense, uh, speed guy. He could do some damage there. Uh, I wouldn't give them both. I'll tell you that. Uh, but if no. they wanted Florio, if they wanted Florio and then some other prospects, I could I could discuss that. You know, I, I could see that happening. If Florio your top headliner and then you go down from there, you know, uh, maybe a B prospect, a C prospect, yeah, I could see that. But I think it might. I think they might be able to get more than that. And the problem for the Yankees, as I mentioned, Houston's the one that's kicking around right now, and the Yankees the Yankees can't let them go to Houston. Mm-hmm. The Yankees are gonna have a tough time beating Houston as it is with Verlander and Cole. You had Boyd there too, of the a left-hander. Good luck, good luck. Is it will be the Yankees' downfall? It might be anyway, because the Yankees' biggest problem by the way, they can't beat Verlander. He keeps beating him right. every time they face him. And Cole, the Yankees have been very lucky. They don't. They never face Cole. He always seems to miss them when the Yankees <laughs> are either in town or Houston comes here. Yeah, I don't think they have to face him in a couple of years. But Cole, I mean, you can be down 2-0 real quick mm. with those two. And you had Boyd there as well. And, you know, the Yankee rotation, Paxton, Tanaka, German, CeCe, Hap, there's no one to match up with these guys. They would have to hope that Severino comes back, and he comes back as being, you know, the Severino we hope and think he can be, that mm-hmm. kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Because the Yankees rotation doesn't match up with Houston's
1: at all. Right. Hey, I have to take issue with you dismissing me about what I said about Matthew Boyd. If you, If you look, you know, from 2015 up until last year, had a five point oh seven ERA, and yeah, he. You're right. Strikes out a ton of batters, uh, but you know, like I said, uh, slumping. Uh, you know, twelve home runs in the last six starts. Everybody does, but that six ERA. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I give up the house. His ERA well, on
2: the year for Detroit is under four. His WHIP is one three eight one two. So he strikes yeah, out yeah. For well the, for the over entire season. Batter an inning. Anybody yeah, yeah. would love to have this guy. He's under mm-hmm. control. He's going to go for an immense amount if Detroit decides to sell him. Mm. The biggest argument here is he's a fifth-year player, so he's arbitration, That's why Detroit's deciding to move him. But uh, he's going to go for an immense amount. Him is and he Bauer, an ace in the, the making or no? No. 28 years old, ace. first first good season? No. no. Bad. He's, he's a, he's a, a, a solid 2-3, left-hander in Yankee
1: mm-hmm. stadium. <laughs> the Yankees are loaded with right now. I don't think the Yankees get him. Yeah. We'll be back with more. Weekend Fantasy Update, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Back here, Fantasy Sports Radio Network weekend fantasy update. What'd you think of the, this song? Uh, this was uh, the Van Halen uh, Right Now, uh, kind of like a, a top 40. I mean, the, the, you know, they started start out as a hard rocking band and then they just kind of little by little. I mean, they still were a, a hard rock band, but just uh, kind of like became more uh, accepted as a, as a top 40 uh group no
2: i mean i'm a vh guy i do prefer them with david lee roth but i didn't mind them with hagar uh i didn't mm-hmm. i thought they were still a pretty solid band i wouldn't put them as one of my top five but they're probably top 10 top 15 for me i mean i, I enjoy their music i don't care if it's mm-hmm. top 40 stuff or if it's if i like the music i like the music yes i prefer but, uh you know jump all will way panama you know unch- uh unchained and all that mm-hmm. I do like I like that music I do but uh I didn't mind I didn't mind their Hagar stuff at all right here right now I, it's, it's a good tune couple several other tunes as well uh I enjoyed it isn't I think we see a lot of bands do that back in the day right you had to make your money you have to sure. Gotta make sure you uh, have, uh, pay yeah. the bills and ma- make your cash here. So uh, I still enjoyed it. Max said maybe not quite as much as I liked it, but it was still close enough where I, I wasn't complaining about anything. I think David Lee Roth had some issues, right? Uh, not not True. shockingly there. Uh, mm-hmm. So did Eddie, for that matter. You know, and uh, they grew apart. They go back together. It like they seems like they're always uh, doing things. I saw them uh, probably somewhere about ten years ago at the Coliseum. Yeah, I saw Coliseum. And uh, they had some sound issues. Uh, it was still a solid concept, but it wasn't uh, It wasn't as
1: good as I thought it could have been. Mm, I saw Van Halen about five years ago with David Lee Roth, and I think I said this on air, where Cool uh, and the Gang opened for them. So that's kind of like an odd combo, man, to see Cool and the Gang. I wouldn't in to the, the Gang. I didn't mind. I mean, they're, 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 they're a good band, uh, you know. But uh, it's just an odd combination, right? In the late 70s, you know, early 80s, before the— you know, before Jump, before they started, you know, becoming more mainstream, would you ever think that you'd see, like, a cooling gang open up for them? No, no. Cool, no of course not. I, yeah, I never yeah. really thought yeah. about that. But I
2: like, liked, I liked Cooling the Gang. She's fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, a yeah. couple, couple of good tunes Celebration. there. Celebration. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Celebrate. God. I think, I, I think it was my sixth <laughs> grade uh, graduation
1: we sung that, uh, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. I know, uh, if, you, if you'd I might, like I to, to, go to sing. sing it now, you can, too, if you know, just... Uh, I'm sure the audience no. wouldn't mind. Okay. I'll so give the listening audience
2: a break there, and uh, I won't punish <laughs> them. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think uh, one concert I might go see over the summer at uh, Jones Beach Theater would be uh, Brian Adams and Billy Idol. I think mm. I'd... Uh, I, I, I like Actually, Billy Idol.
1: I'm supposed to go see Jimmy uh, Buffett at uh, uh, Jones Beach. I haven't been to the Jones Beach Theater in a long time. Usually, I go to PNC Art Center here, because I live in Staten mm-hmm. Island. New Jersey is easier to get there, but... Uh, Got tickets for uh, Jimmy Buffet uh, at at Jones Beach. But you talk about, like, uh, bands uh, evolving, right? And then so Bohemian Rhapsody was on HBO last night, and I had seen it in the theaters. But, uh, you know, when when, uh, Freddie Mercury had – if you believe the movie, when Freddie Mercury introduced another one, Bites the Dust, the band's like, we don't want to play this. This this is disco. (laughs) And it probably ended up being the the number one hit of their career in terms of probably record sales. I would think of course, you know, they have other classics and great songs, but uh, that really kind of, you know, was a big, big hit for them, you know, and, but, but, Groups do evolve. And another group that evolves, and I'll, I'll just segue this, and then we'll get back to sports, is the Beatles. Man, you listen to the Beatles when they first came to America. They played kind of like bubblegum kind of rock. You can also stand in there, all this other this stuff. And then by the end of their run, I mean, they had introduced, uh, you know— it's a, it's- symphony kind of uh, orchestral instruments into their songs. They've really, really evolved. And I mentioned the Beatles, too, because today happens to be Ringo starr's 79th birthday. So I'm, I'm thinking about going to see him. If he's, he's still doing that all-star band tribute thing, whatever. Uh, every summer he goes out on tour, and he's going to be here in New York. I think uh, the Seaport has like an outdoor st- little stadium there. So we'll see if the t- t- tickets aren't too expensive. I might think about seeing him. Yeah, good luck with that. Good luck with the tickets not being too expensive. <laughs> have you seen any uh former Beatles in in concert, George? Because uh, McCartney comes around every once in a while. No,
2: I like them all, but no, I don't. Think, I not that I can remember, I don't think I've ever seen uh, Ringo or Paul, uh yeah, me John. Neither, so. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, I don't. I don't believe I have. Although I do like the the traveling Willberries back in the day. I kind of uh, did. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I thought they were uh, they were great. Oh, I am a Tom Petty guy. Uh, I I like the Beatles. Beatles, solid band. will be certainly be my mm-hmm. top fifteen, top twenty again. Uh, you know, I have no problem listening to their music. I know some people. Some people say you're either a Beatles fan or a Stones fan. If that's true, I'm wow. more on the Stones.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you could be both. And when you think about the Stones, don't get me started with the Stones. Now that they're, they're touring again, it's amazing that uh, uh, Mick Jagger had that. You know, that hard operation, then like uh, six weeks later, he's dancing around and stuff. These guys are never and... going to die. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty they're sure robots. Keith Richards is
2: legally they're, they're dead in about they're not, they're, 18 they're states. <laughs> yeah. just not, that would not
1: shock me at all, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And when you look at their catalog, right, just, you know, some of the ballads that they had, the hard-rocking tunes, the Stones are amazing as well. But uh, the Beatles are okay. Uh, they're all right, yeah. Like that Geico commercial. They're okay. Uh, All right. So let's uh, move over and talk a little uh, fantasy football and uh, talk a little strategy. Uh, We'll get to uh, some uh, players coming off of injuries and what we expect off of them. Maybe some players uh, in new places as well. But uh, what a start, George, how do you handle what some people uh, look at as let's say problem players? And I guess, when you define problem players, it probably means something different to to, to different people. Uh, you know, we could we could talk. You know, Zeke. We've we talked Zeke yesterday. We talked Kareem Hunt. You know, Antonio Brown with his. Uh, you know, on the field he's fantastic, but you know, off the field, you know, with these these tweets and and, and stuff. You know, Des Bryant with his his tweets. Odell Beckham Jr. Obviously, lots of talent has had a myriad of injuries where he hasn't played a lot of seasons, you know, 16 games in a lot of seasons. But, you know, his social media stuff and as well that interview he did with ESPN. uh, You know, first of all, what's your definition of a problem player? And, you know, does – do you try to avoid some problem players? Like what would make you avoid drafting uh, a player, a a quote-unquote problem player?
2: Well, every player you gotta take into his own account. There's not one answer that's gonna cover every player. All the guys you named, uh, Ezekiel, we talked to Ezekiel yesterday. I have no um Yeah. Assuming nothing happens over the next month, which is where I really worry for, I'm fine with Ezekiel. I'll take him first overall. No worse than second. Mm-hmm. Uh Antonio Brown when you bring him up, well, I, I it's not the problems I worry about. He's got yeah, he's got a mouthy. he tweets, he's an idiot. Well, what are you gonna do? So many players are. I worry more about well, Ben's not throwing the ball anymore. You know, now it's Derek Carr. You can't tell me that doesn't hurt him. And in the, the rankings show that. If he was still with uh, Pittsburgh, he might be, you know, one wide receiver. Now he's not in your top five, generally on five, six, seven, eight, depending on where you're drafting him. And I think that's fair. You, know, you drop him down to the second round. Uh, Hunt, I, I almost have no interest in. Maybe if I have Chubb, I'll grab Hunt late. But, you know, I I said yesterday, if you grab Kareem Hunt, you think about it, you know he's out the first eight games. Odds are, unless you have 10 reserve spots, you're going to need that reserve spot before game nine. You yeah, know, well, you're going to want to drop him mm-hmm. because of the bye weeks. You need someone to fill in there. You have other injuries. So you're not going to have him anyway. He'll be a pickup for somebody mm-hmm. else during the year. You know, they grab him in week six when they have an open spot, whatever it might be. So, Cream Hunt, I almost have no interest in. That's not to say I won't have him in a league because I might, you know, take hey, maybe I'll get lucky and I won't need him. You know, I won't need the, I have my bye weeks covered. Or, uh, you know, I didn't suffer any injuries, that sort of thing. So, I'm not saying I won't grab him, but it, it's not something I'm going to spend a lot of time thinking about. I am mm-hmm. a very conservative, risk-averse drafter in the early rounds. And what I mean by that, and this is true of every sport I play, baseball, football, hockey, uh, I, I know I'm going to make the moves during the year. I'll pay attention. So I don't need to take too many chances. Now, this might be different, Joe, if I play in a, a league. And I, every time I've done this, I'm like, there's a lot of sharks in this thing. A lot of guys know what they're doing. Maybe I do mm-hmm. need to take a chance here to separate myself. It, that does happen right. every now and then. But in most leagues, I know I, I, I can hold my own. I mentioned it before. Just don't get the injuries. If that happens, I'm screwed anyway. Uh, I'll make my moves, uh, and I'll, I'll draft a solid team. I always assume... Uh, I always feel after a draft I drafted a top half team, you know. Sometimes better, Mm -hmm. but rarely worse. I got you know at least a top six team. Now it's just the moves I make during the year and staying healthy that'll uh, determine my fate. I don't. It's it's rare that I've I've gone after to go. Wow, I made some mistakes. You know. It's also maybe rare that you know everything fell my way. It does happen Mm -hmm. where you feel great about your draft, but it's rare. Usually, I feel good about my team, and now I need to stay healthy and make my moves. And I'm very risk averse. I don't think I should take too many chances in the early goings of a draft. Now, I think as the draft goes on, those percentages of taking chances go up depending on how you like your team. You know, sure. okay, mm-hmm. the draft didn't fall. I, you know, I missed out on this play. Oh, man, this I, wow. Didn't get the running backs I wanted. I'm a little weak here. Now I might take some chances later on. But the reverse could be true, too. Everything fell in my way. I'm not taking any chances. Go conservative. Keep, keep it up and hope things go well. Make sure you have a strong bench. So I don't generally, like I said, I don't – have one thing that covers everybody. Every player I treat mm-hmm. differently. One thing I can tell you is this: you won't see me have three to four problem players on my team because then just too much has to go right. right just don't right. cause Great problems, point. you know. Mm-hmm. One I can take. Two, it's it's like having too many guys who get always get hurt. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'll I'll take a chance on one this might be the year he plays fourteen to sixteen games. But you're not going to see me have Devonta Freeman on my team. You know, and you know uh, Jordan Reed. Guys who we mm-hmm. know get, they get hurt every damn year, and that's what we say on the radio. Once they do get hurt, you have no one to blame but yourself. Look at their history. It says they're going to get hurt. I don't mind having one. I'll deal with that, and I'll make sure I have a backup for them. But you're not going to see me have you know, three, four, five of these guys, because then it's my fault when the injuries happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, great points you bring up. So uh, you talked about uh, injuries a couple times uh, in uh, your analysis. So, so why don't we uh, take a look at some players who are, uh, you know, coming off of uh, some some injuries, some worse than others. But uh, if we start off at the uh, quarterback position, uh, Cam Newton, he struggled a little bit at the end of last season, had some shoulder surgery in January. Even uh, some of the uh, uh, cutouts of, of your analysis, you talk about him, you know, uh, his you know, slowly starting to you know to maybe twenty yards uh, at a clip. You know, uh, th- throwing uh, in the off season. Uh, any concerns with uh, Cam Newton? As per the NFBC ADP, he's the twelfth quarterback being taken off of uh, you know, drafts. I mean, any any interest in him, or are you avoiding him?
0: Wow, well,
2: I
1: think twelve is low. <laughs> I mean, I have it nine uh, to let you know. No, this is NFBC, do you? No, I'm. I'm just looking at the NFBC uh, website. According to them, uh, he's the twelfth quarterback oh, okay. taking off. No, that's fine. I still have him at nine. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. I, I, whatever, whatever. That's fine. Yeah, I I have him at nine in my rankings. What's hey, the listen. problem? You're, you're he's low man. for me. I thought I thought you were questioning. You know that uh, I was I was looking at something different. But anyway, go ahead. So you have him at nine. No, okay. mine. My- I had him at nine, uh, and I'm down on him. Uh, listen, I made the,
2: the, the promo here that him only th- throwing twenty yards. That was a couple of weeks ago. I'm sure he's better than that by now. But maybe he's twenty one now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, at least twenty two. I mean, come on. I mean, anyway, uh, you, you get the point. Uh, he's still hurt. Yeah. Uh, they they want him to change his throwing motion, which that's all fine and good. You know, but he that's, once the uh, you know they use the bad 10, the bullets are flying, and you know the games are uh, live action here. He's going to go back to doing what he was doing. He's just been doing mm-hmm. it too long. He's not going to change that throwing motion, so he could have more injuries. He still doesn't understand the team how to slide and get down and avoid these hits, uh, you know, the unnecessary hits he takes here. I said I have him at nine, but in all likelihood, in a one quarterback league, I won't have him. In a two quarterback league, right. I have no problem. With him as my second quarterback, Superflex or a two-quarterback league. But in a one-quarterback league, no. I, I don't want him being my starter. I mean, Mahomes, Watson, Rogers, Ryan, Luck, uh, Mayfield, Wentz, and Roethlisberger is who uh, who I have above him right now. So he's in that next tier with Breeze,
1: uh, Dak, Goff, Russell Wilson, um, Rivers. Like who's, right, who's right. right ahead of him and who's right behind him? For you. Well, uh, Wentz is right ahead, right of, ahead him. of him. Okay. Yeah, and right behind, right
2: behind him was Russell. Mm-hmm. So those are the guys I have uh, in there. Uh, I think if Wilson had better weapons, I'd much rather prefer him. But I, I don't like what Seattle's done there as far as the weapons mm-hmm. are concerned. Uh, they they still seem to want to let's let Russell Wilson do everything by himself. It's just silly how they've uh, done that. Uh, maybe Metcalf turns out to be something, but uh, I think I think they needed more help there than just that. Actually, I, with Cam, it's just all a matter of uh, too much going on, and he also burned me last year. You know, mm-hmm. getting that injury definitely cost me a league uh, that I probably would have won if he stayed healthy. And the Andrew Luck factor comes in as well, too. You know, he had the, I'm not going to say the same injury, but a similar injury. It took him a long time to recover. You know, this they want to the do his throwing motion. He's not throwing the ball deep yet. I know it's only July. He's got two months to figure it out. But too many warts here. I think in the end, although I have two met minutes. nine, I think the uh, 12 ranking and the um Maybe, like I said, I, I don't want him as a quarterback one, which means to me he should be probably 13, get him out of there. The problem is he's just in his range with so many other quarterbacks. I don't trust Dak either. I already mentioned Russell mm-hmm. Wilson. Is Jerry Goff going to throw the ball enough to really be a legitimate Tom Brady? has no weapons, you know, that sort of thing. Hell, I think
1: I've taken Jameis Winston over all of them. I thought he was going to keep the job. Mm-hmm. What do you think of uh... – His uh, weapons, Newton's weapons, Uh, D.J. Moore now uh, had a a nice rookie season, uh, a year removed from that. Uh, You know, you got Curtis Samuel, kind of like a dynamic kind of player. And uh, uh, Greg Olsen came back for another year. Do you think he has enough weapons? Uh, do I think he has enough weapons. Probably not.
2: I'd I'd still like to see the, the, the number one there. You know, his main weapon mm-hmm. is going to be McCaffrey getting on the ball out of the backfield. And uh, right. that's fine and good. He, Lord knows, he is a weapon, but you'd like to see somebody down the field. I am interested in DJ Moore. He was just starting to come on last year when Cam got hurt. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. just about there. And then Cam got hurt, and that was the end of that. Uh, he, he has nice weapons, but not that ace. You know what I mean? There is mm-hmm. no number one. There's no Beckham. There's no Brown, Devontae Adams, someone like that. I think D.J. Moore is a very good number two. Maybe yes. a low, uh, as far as an NFL wide receiver, maybe a low-end NFL wide receiver one. But I think he's a very good number two. Samuel Moore is a number three. You know, The rest are complementary pieces.
1: Olsen is Who'd still good in name only. Yes. Yes. Who would you rather have, real quick, D.J. Moore or Calvin Ridley? Can you compare the two? Sure you can. Uh, give me Ridley. I think uh, they're going to throw the ball more. There you go. All right. When we come back, continue uh, breaking down some players coming off of injuries in fantasy football. Let's talk a little uh, Jimmy Garoppolo
0: Uh when we come back.
1: Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Weekend Fantasy Update. Let's open the doors to the fantasy football season. Like that choice of music there, Sean. Sean Engel, producer extraordinaire. I am Joe Galena, joined by George Kurtz. I see what you did there, Galena. I see it. (laughs) You like that, huh? Ah. (laughs) That's why they pay me the big bucks there. Because I could do those kind of things. And that's why you're so intelligent, because you figured out what I did. Good choice of music there, short angle. Uh, so uh, George, I, I was I was looking at uh, Ridley's stats last season compared to DJ Moore, and you you brought up a good point that DJ Moore seemed like he was, you know, on his way to having a a better season until um, you know, Cam Newton had his injury concerns. But uh, Calvin Ridley, 64 catches last season, 10 touchdowns. So, uh, what do you expect from him this year? I won't hold you to it because it's the first week of July. But uh, you know, could could we have a situation where we have a one and one a uh, in terms of uh, wide receivers in Atlanta, where you have obviously Julio Jones upwards of hundred receptions probably, and 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 uh, Calvin Ridley, you know, you know maybe eighty plus. We, we're looking at that, maybe. I think it would be close to that. I
2: think once again, the question you need to answer is. When does Freeman get hurt? You know how many games does he miss? Because once that mm-hmm. happens, they're gonna throw the ball more. Ito Smith, yeah, nice guys, but nothing uh, spectacular there. So I think that that's my uh, my question there. If he gets hurt early on, they'll throw the ball even more. Then uh, you know they're gonna put some excellent numbers there. I think if I was mm-hmm. to get, uh, guess here. I might go 75 catches, or maybe a little less than the 80. 10 touchdowns are always, you just never know. But hell, we know right. they don't like throwing Julio to Jones in the end zone, right? So, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I certainly like Ridley this year. I think he's going to have a big season. Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, I'm on board. And you don't like him enough where, let's say if you went like, well, maybe you do. Uh, if you went, to, you know, running back heavy uh, early on, you know. Could he potentially be the first wide receiver that you take in a draft? Or is that if you do that, then then something's wrong with your draft?
2: Yeah, I would think uh, the only way that could happen, I mean, it could. And I can mean, see it running back first round. Second round, Kelsey ends up being there. So you take him. And then, you know, third round, you take another I mean, running back. I can certainly see that. You know, I, I don't think mm-hmm. that's a, out of the realm of possibility. And then Ridley's your best wide receiver up there in round four. You know, it certainly could happen. Mm-hmm. So uh, I wouldn't say it was a mistake. I don't think I'm going to plan on doing something like that. But I am a running back guy. Most of almost everybody is. So it certainly could happen. Right. A running have back just yep, happened to season. fall to me, right? You, every mm-hmm. season. Right. When was the last time you did have to be? A... So yes, yeah, uh, I like court, uh, I do like Ridley, out. but uh, yeah, I uh, I don't know if I like him enough to
1: where I'm going to target him. But uh, he I mean, could it mm-hmm. could work out. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, so uh, sticking with the uh, quarterbacks coming back from injury, uh, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, quarterback for the 49ers. This hurt me personally. I, I think this year, you know, we always preach about, you know, waiting, waiting, waiting for quarterbacks. And yes, it is deep, but I'm not going to wait as long as I did last year, because in one league I had uh, Jimmy G, you know, another league I ended up having Kirk Cousins. Uh, then I had, uh, you know drew Brees. i mean drew Brees was fine then he kind of tailed off at the end uh you know so there comes a point i guess maybe i have to make smarter decisions too on my part but uh I, I, you know I, i'm not gonna wait too long you, you know uh, i'm looking at uh, nfbc adps and you got uh, matt ryan at number six right behind baker mayfield uh I, i'd be very happy with matt ryan
2: Oh, so would I. I have uh Ryan top mm. five. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. so I, I I'm certainly not complaining. I know in one uh mm-hmm. two quarterback league. A two quarterback league, not a super flex. I have the first overall pick. And uh it's a I think it's a ten team league. And I also have the third overall pick. Uh made some trades last year, so uh uh I got the first and third pick and I'm debating. Um, Pat Mahomes is the keeper league. Pat Mahomes is a keeper. So I I won't be getting Pat Mahomes mm-hmm. and I'm debating who who should be the second overall quarterback taken. Because odds are I'm taking a quarterback at, uh, at one because I'll get either Ezekiel or Barkley at three. So I'm fine mm-hmm. rather than take a chance where uh, I don't get the quarterback I want. So i am actually debate, I think, to Sean Watson and Rodgers. Ryan's in this conversation and luck. You know, one of those four guys. I'll make that decision when the draft is, comes around next month. So uh, as far as Garoppolo, mm-hmm. I think you know, it's, it's another team. <laughs> where, are, where are his weapons? Why, you know, when you have a young quarterback, why aren't you surrounding him with top flight weapons? His top, his wide receivers are Pettis, Goodwin, you know, Devo Samuel, Trent Taylor, Jordan Matthews. I mean, really, you can't do better than this. I mean, they had all the cap room in the world, you got to do better. I mean, we all love George Kittle, mm-hmm. you know, and I yeah. so, no worries there. You have 8,000 running backs, you know, Coleman McKinnon, Breida, most, uh, most are Jeff Wilson. I can't say most of it without laughing about that Matthew Berry rant from last year. Uh, but you have no, I mean, really, no wide receivers. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's disappointing to me, Joe. It's just disappointing to me. I do own Gar- Garoppolo in a league. Maybe that's why I'm mad, in a dynasty league. Uh, Garoppolo, mm-hmm. Carr, and I think Nick Foles. I have plenty of quarterbacks in that league. Uh, should, should really trade one. It's the 16-team league. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> I'm just disappointed they didn't do more here. And I think that's why Garoppolo is as low as he is. You know, because, once again, mm-hmm, coming yeah. up the ACL, still hasn't played a full season, and the weapons aren't there. So he's a quarterback, too, for me. I don't mind him as a quarterback, too, but once again, probably not the direction I want to go in as far as grabbing a quarterback, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, and the uh, NFBC has him as the 20th quarterback taken off the board, and uh, you bring up uh, great points in terms of his weaponry. Uh, Jordan Matthews basically has been who almost never was, and, uh, you know, I like uh, the the pettison goodwin upside but uh it's just too too, too many questions regarding them and uh, uh, you know the rookie debo samuel yeah t- talented uh, wide receiver but we know you know rookie wide receivers are very tough to trust and so uh, uh loving george kittle i mean what are your expectations for george kittle uh, this season let's take a look at his last season's uh numbers because he was a Top three uh, tight end last year really came into his own. Let's see. 88 receptions, 1377 uh, receiving yards, just five TDs. And that was with a myriad of, of you know, clowns at quarterback.
2: It was. Right? He never had uh, Garoppolo <laughs> for most of the year here. And uh, his year could have been better. There were times when you look at Phil, he's wide open. And he was missed. And he's always seems to be running mm-hmm. down the field free. It's just weird. When you look at him, he always seems to be running down the field free. I mean, listen, he's your number three tight end. Right behind Kelsey, behind Ertz. Kittle's right there. You want to take Kittle ahead of Ertz? I wouldn't even complain. I wouldn't argue with you. He mm-hmm. is the main—I just told you the, what the wide receivers are. He has to be the main focus of that passing game. My only issue would be, if you're to right. play negative Ned, would be uh, you know with all the running backs. Yeah, you know, you Coleman, they're going to want to run the ball, control the clock, that sort of thing. Maybe not throw as much. But if you're trailing, you have no choice. So— uh, yeah, I like Kittle this year. I would take it as my third tight end behind Ertz, but I have no problem with anyone taking him at number
1: 2. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was going to go to uh, Carson Wentz next, but you mentioned the running backs, and since we're talking about uh, the 49ers now, let's talk about uh, you know uh, Jarek McKinnon coming off of uh, an ACL uh, injury. There was a lot expected of him uh, last season, but obviously injury, uh, we couldn't find, you'd see him in action. Uh, but uh, they signed Tevin Coleman, uh, we mentioned McKinnon, uh, Matt Breida, uh Rahim Mostert, right? I mean, they have just a a, a lot of different uh, you know options there at running back. What are you thinking in terms of uh, Tevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon in terms of uh, their usage this year? I think I'm staying away. All right, they mm-hmm. didn't need Tevin Coleman. That was a
2: surprise they had to him. I know he's he's a shiny hand guy from Atlanta. Which means he must want him, He must want to use them, But you got McKinnon, most at Are there enough snaps for everybody? No. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to get screwed week in and week out. And Coleman was bad last year, by the way. He was d- extremely disappointing when Freeman went down. Yeah. I, we expected much Everyone more. Everyone was out excited of him. when Freeman went down, right? We expecting so much but out it of him. That was great. Never. Right. We thought, Cole, yeah. you <laughs> Coleman, you're fine. Don't worry about him. It. it ended up not being <laughs> working out that way. Coleman, you weren't fine. Mm-hmm. You weren't fine at all. So uh, I think it's messed. I just think it's a mess here. Uh, maybe McKinnon doesn't make the team. They expect him to, uh, you know, he suffered his uh, ACL tear on September 1st of last year. They do expect him to be either at full strength or pretty damn close to it before training camp starts. But I do wonder if they cut somebody here. Once again, you have too many. If you have five backs, you don't really you need three. And if you have four, someone better be able to play on special teams. And I don't know if any of these mm-hmm. guys can. I assume uh, most of, yeah, probably yes. But Breeden can get the job done. Coleman McKinnon. There's a lot of extra here. A lot of extra. So right now, this would be a situation where if I ended up with any of these guys, it's because they fell to me, because I don't I, I don't think you trust any of them.
1: Right. yeah, With you on that one. Uh, so like I said, I was going to talk about uh, Carson Wentz. So why don't we talk about him now? Uh, fractured his back. Cost him the last three games of the 2018 regular season. Uh, did not have surgery. Uh, missed the two playoff games. We know the story. You know, Nick Foles. Uh, guided the team into the playoffs. Wasn't able to repeat the Super Bowl magic from the previous season. But uh, this is Carson his team. So uh, you know, look at his options. He's got uh, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, the rookie uh, Arcega-Whiteside, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Deshaun Jackson, a deep ball threat. Uh, we talked tight ends and uh, Zach Ertz, one of the top three or so uh, tight ends in football, even Dallas Godert uh, has shown some signs of life as a tight end there. So what are we thinking about uh, Carson Wentz has had some uh, injury issues over the past couple of years, obviously, but uh, what do you think about uh, his uh, potential for this season?
2: Well, the potential's is to have a big season. I mean, he probably, you know, if he can stay healthy, he's going to put up MVP-type numbers. I don't think there's much doubt about that. The problem is, can he stay healthy? History tells us no. And for whatever mm-hmm. reason, you know, tearing the ACL, the broken back, he takes hits that are unnecessary, does unnecessary things. Sort of like Cam Newton, you got to calm young quarterbacks. I don't think this is really a surprise. They need to learn to protect themselves. Deshaun Watson did the same thing last year. Get down. You know, Mm -hmm. what's the old saying? He who lives and fights, he who lives, uh, he whatever, fights and runs away, lives to fight another day. You know, stop taking stupid hits. You know, so that's what he's, uh, that's what he has to stop doing here. This team is loaded. I mean, look at this. Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood, Josh Adams, Scott Pumpkin. I mean, there's going to be a couple of guys released that will be picked up by other teams there fairly easily. You know, I don't want to touch the running back situation because once again, same problem uh, with San uh, as yes. San Fran. Just too many cooks in the kitchen mm-hmm. there. Good luck guessing which one who's going to do what. You know, uh, so no thank you. The receivers, you know, Jeffrey, to Sean Jackson, Aguilar, Yeah, you might say there's no number one, but it's three number twos. You know, it's it's very good and it's, uh, it's separated correctly now. You know, the Alshon Jeffrey, more of your—can uh, get deep, but more of your uh, middle-of-the-field type guy. Uh, Aguilar out of the slot, and Deshaun Jackson taking the safety away running deep. So you, you like the way mm-hmm. that works. And they got some decent backups in Matt Collins, who can do some damage. Maybe he doesn't make the team either. You mentioned Sega Whiteside. We'll see what he can do. Uh, tight end, I mean, Zach Ertz, you we know, is great. And you mentioned Dallas Godot, you're absolutely correct. Dallas Goddard could be a number one tight end if he wasn't on Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah so yeah. what I'm trying to point out here is that they can afford an injury— at any position other than quarterback, and they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, they right. they have enough depth here to overcome that. I like what Wentz can do. My problem is this. With someone like Wentz, if you draft him, I automatically now need a backup quarterback in, one, in a regular league, one quarterback league. I have to draft a second quarterback because I can't trust that Wentz will last the entire season, and I can't just say, ah, last round I'll take Nick Foles. I'll just take his backup. No one's going to grab him. Well, you're not taking Nate Sudfeld, so you're going to need another decent quarterback. <laughs> You know, you're going to want to cover right. yourself there, and that's always annoying that i got to waste a second pick because, you know, generally we only play with five reserves. If You you know, now you only got four reserves because you take a backup quarterback. You know, I don't like doing that sort of thing. I, I much rather take my wide receivers, my running backs, than rather than eat a spot for a quarterback because I'm worried about once getting hurt. Now, granted, maybe I get lucky in the league I'm in. No one takes backup quarterbacks, and I'm fine. But as much as I don't like drafting a backup quarterback, Joe, I'm finding in more and more leagues, you have no choice because everybody's doing it. Yeah, And I think the reason why mm-hmm. is maybe because there's so many. I think people are just taking best player available. You know, round 13, there are no running backs available, no wide receivers, but there are top-name quarterbacks still there. I'll take a second then. I think people are drafting like that, and I get it. They're just taking BPA. I, prefer, I would prefer not to, but because so many people are, it's forcing me to do it as well.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and uh, in one league where I had uh, – Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, last season, uh, you know, it was one of these leagues where, uh, I should have been smarter because I didn't draft a, a backup quarterback and, uh, other teams did and, you know, ended up uh, having a, you know, piece together, uh, you know, a quarterback basically, and you could do it. You could stream quarterbacks. It depends on the league. It depends on, on, uh, you know, the strategy of your other league mates, but, uh, but I just have to say you did a a really good job analyzing the Eagles uh, roster. I mean, they basically, I mean, I think they're a better real-life team than a fantasy team. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll take Carson Wentz as my uh, quarterback, but you mentioned and uh, you're going to need a, a backup based on his injury history. And uh, maybe Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson. Uh, Jeffrey more of, of a wide receiver three for me. Uh, Deshaun Jackson almost like maybe probably a better best ball guy, I, I would think, uh, in my opinion. But obviously, Zach Ertz is uh, one of the best uh, tight ends around, and uh, you said it perfectly. Who, who the heck knows uh, how the Eagles going to be? Uh, you know, manipulating that uh, that running back core because uh, you know Jordan Howard. They drafted Miles Sanders. You know, you yeah, still have Wendell Smallwood there, Corey Clement. just a, a history of them just you know uh, running back by committee. So uh, good stuff there. Uh, I mean, it, would you draft a, a Jordan Howard as your RB two, or maybe a, he's more of an RB three? <laughs>
2: Uh, By week. Well, if filming. I did, I made a mistake. You know, uh, if I did, mm. Howard, listen, you, you hope he's going to be at least the goal line guy, right? You know, you will go short yards, get touchdowns, and he's not going to catch too many balls out of the backfield. I don't know how much uh, running he's going to be. They got Miles Sanders, who's probably a better running back than him right now. Uh, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. So, no, if, I, if he's my running back, too, I have issues. Mm.
1: All right. Good stuff. Coming back for our third hour, going to continue talking fantasy football, some more uh, running backs and wide receivers coming off of injuries with the outlook for 2019, I think. Listen to Weekend Fantasy Update, Fantasy Sports Radio Network.